Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Monday Motivation, and the motivation today is how to be a better partner. I'm lucky enough to have an amazing partner who is with me today, and I ask people on Instagram to ask us questions, so I have some of those, and then I probably have some of my own. But first of all, welcome Mark Hyman, hubby extraordinaire. (laughs) Thank you, honey. So being a better partner, we've been married 19 and a half years, 22 years together. So the first question I'm going to ask you are from what people ask us. People did say nothing to ask, but you two are the cutest. A lot of people wrote that. But one question was from Franny Rosen. Seems you do a lot, talking about you, a lot in your relationship and support Laura's endeavors. Do you ever harbor resentment? Well, thank you, Franny, for that question. Not resentment of what she does. Sometimes I'm not my big, my little pet peeve, which she knows, is what the social media aspect of what is entailed in her job. So I guess if there's resentment, it's just about the amount of time it takes. I'm not big into social media. So not really. I think what you're asking more is like, do I resent maybe how great she is and what she's doing and where she has gone. And and I just have nothing but pride for that. So it's really some of the things that are some of the side pieces to that that are required in order for her to continue to thrive that are not my favorite parts. But but no, not not resentment per se. No. But you're getting a little bit better about the social media stuff. And it's not always social media. (laughs) I think I'm just being more quiet about it. Yeah. Well, I also, (laughs) I don't really spend as much time on social media. I spend time on technology because I email people. I make comments on Lit Daily. I have meetings. I'm really on, and this is 
maybe you can tell a little behind the scenes because you know what people see is a very happy job and I love it but I don't think people actually realize the amount of work it takes to work for yourself and to have a product and bring it to fruition do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about how it's changed from when I had the studio originally to where I am now yeah and that that's true I I always just associate being on the phone with social media. So I think it's how much time you spend on the phone and you, because you do a lot of your work on the phone more than on the computer. So I just associate it with that. But yeah, so it's not, not necessarily social media, but so can you give me that? Again? that so what oh, was the just question? Maybe, maybe you can tell people. So I don't oh, have how to much t- you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell people how hard I work now. <laughs> it's, it's constant. So, uh, and I guess that's, yeah, resentment is such a strong word, but so that would be the other pieces. It's all the time. It's a nonstop job that that Laura is like from the time she wakes up. And so it leads to some unhealthy habits of in that you're up, you're on the phone, but it's doing work. You're just, you are passionate about it. So it's something that, that doesn't bother you to do, but it's also not the healthiest to do to wake up and be on your phone and looking at your work. And then you don't have good boundaries for shutting that off, right? And so that's something I think that's a work in progress. So it looks like people see how great and how balanced you are. And, you know, we all have balanced things that we need to work on. I think that's for you is you work so much, whether it's having meetings, leading your teacher trainings, your classes, your local classes, your and keeping your following. And then the business end, you are involved in everything and you have a great team, but you are constantly involved. So it's it's really amazing. And that's probably why the, the resentment is not on how much, because I see how much you do. It's what it, some of the... Some, well, it can bleed into... It can you bleed know, into if our you, life. If, some, right, because yeah. for anybody who works for themselves, and especially now that we have the, this 24-7 technology available, and it is, and if you love what you do... So I love what I do, so I never feel like I need to leave it or escape it. But Mark is a great partner because he reminds me, even if I love it, I still have to pay attention to the other aspects of our lives. Just to set boundaries, which are really hard in today's culture to do when you have stuff that's always, there's always going to be stuff to do. So my constant, and it's not putting it down, but I just, my constant motto is it's just yoga. Meaning like, but I could say that same thing with mine. It's just tutoring. It's just anything. It's like, it can't be the whole of your life, even though it's a passionate part of your life. And I think that's a healthy way to look at anything we do. It's one aspect of your life. And I think we all have a tendency at times to let it dominate. And then that's that's sort of, we just need to find that, that balance. So that's just a common uh, balancing thing. So, yes. And yeah. I'll add here, in terms of being a really amazing partner, not only does he support me in all the ways, like literally has never said no. When I say, hey, what do you think I, should I open another studio? Should I take this retreat? Should I do this teacher training? He's always, yes, yes. And he's helping so much behind the scenes, not necessarily in the yoga part, but in making the rest of our life smooth. He's super involved with our children, with our household. I I could not do the things I do if I didn't have that. I um, just am so grateful for that. So but also being a good partner in letting me know, hey, you need to step up in this way for our family or for me. So it's it's wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. You're such, <laughs> Mark is the better communicator of the two of us. As much as I talk to people and I, communi- I do communicate well, I'm really in touch with my feelings. 
But Mark has a different like level of being in touch with his feelings. And can you speak a little bit about like Hold how- on a second, I'm about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know that I'm a better communicator. I think I'm more aware when we need to communicate. Mm. I think you're a great communicator. I'm just, I think I'm the one more like, hey, we need to talk this through. So I think I'm, I'm more the igniter of that part of it that we need to, you know, we can't let, the, this is just not going to take care of itself. We need, let's talk, it. let's work it out. Let's talk things through. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Well, but on, wait, so on, you wanted to yeah. ask me something. So what was it? Well, I don't know about that is, but on that vein, I want yeah. to talk about AB Vane ask, what is your favorite thing to do with Lara? <laughs> well, I, I guess it I'm a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love going on, well, walks. I mean, I think I'm often the one like I'll wait on, because I, I tend to do my workouts early in the morning so that by the afternoon, I could go on a run with Orlando, but I love just going on a walk for this. So the two of us go on a walk. For one, for me, that's my, I know that if I could get Laura on a walk that she usually can't be doing work. So I get, you know, it's a little my selfish way of like, it's just our time with the two of us in Orlando, just to, you know, just talk through whatever's going on and being out in nature, because I guess that leads to the or bigger, what I enjoy most is when we go on our hiking trips. And this is just a, a small little sliver of that, of being able to to do that, to, to have a little piece of that on a day-to-day basis. Because I, I really think that there's no need to, we all think about like, oh, planning long vacations. And we don't, no one really has time to be on constant vacation or to be, or, and if you were on constant vacation, it wouldn't be a vacation. It wouldn't be the joyous experience it is. So, but there's nothing against having a, a one hour vacation on a day or every, every couple of days where you can have a little bit, bit of that experience. And I think if you could set aside that time and some kind of regularity on what you do sort of to find your happy place that I, I think we all, all deserve it. So that's, that's how I, I feel like I want to do so we could treat ourselves to that. Yeah. Yes, I enjoy our time together that way as well. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you. And that was one of the 50 things I love about you is that that's you right. invite me on daily walks. And I think that's for everybody who's has a partner, whether you're married or not. It could also be like a roommate or a really good friend. It's just reach out regularly and ask for that time. Because sometimes when people don't ask for it, that's where the buildup of resentment comes. And I think that's where you, a lot of reasons you don't have resentment is you really ask for what you need. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily do that, males and females. And then they just harbor that resentment. It's like, you kind of have to ask for what you want. And I think- Well, but that, you also taught me, I mean, you always have told me that, like, don't assume I know what you're feeling. What I mean, this is- from years. So Jillian, I might've already had that to some extent, but I think if you want something or if you need something, you have to be, be vocal. And, and so the things that, and sometimes it takes multiple times because other people have their patterns and stuff. And so to work as a team, sometimes it, you have to make it really clear, like, this is what I need. This is what I want. And you know, if what you want is more time or more energy from somebody, that's, the person at mo- at worst can be like, I don't have that right now. But it, but regardless, no one, everyone loves feeling like they're wanted and needed. So nothing bad can really come of that, right? And it's I personally find it super sexy. You're 
apparently. Yeah, that you <laughs> that you asked for that, you know, so like I want to be with you. And I think that's so gratifying. You know, whether you're married or not, you just don't play games. Like just ask for what you want. So Kaylin Flows ask, what does Mark do? I think people see you <laughs> and he seems they, to have a lot of time. No, <laughs> he seems to have a lot of time. But we, uh, you know, what does Mark do? I've always been curious, is he a PT too? <laughs> no. No. Okay, so yeah. just a little backdrop. So I was a professional actor, mainly Shakespearean actor, for years and early in our relationship. And then, and on the side, I was tutoring for a great company, Advantage Testing. It was based in New York. That's where it started. And that was when I was in grad school for theater. And so, and I would be going off and actually write the day we, the day we met, I think I got a job that was going to take, I was going to be gone our for about eight months. Our first date, the day after our first date, you got- I booked, uh, uh, I booked the lead in a, a show at Indiana Rep in Indianapolis. Which, and you were going to be gone six weeks later. So we had our first right. date and we had to, it was like- We knew we had probably, six weeks. Yeah, it was like six weeks. It was probably some kind of early dating show. And then, the, and then as soon as that was over, I was going to be home for a day and then I was going to be out in LA for pilot season. Mm-hmm. Because my agency opened up a West Coast office and so I was going to be there. So we literally had six weeks and then I was going to be gone for- we, uh, It was about six months of, six months we were together- before we went on our bike trip about, or seven months. And of that- Like five and a, a half. majority of it, you I, were gone. gone. Yeah. So, but so I was that, and that that's a, another story about all of that. But then as our relationship developed, and then we got married and we're having, we're going to have, have kids, I just, my desire to be a father and a husband outweighed my desire to act as far as like, I didn't want to be an absent father. I have too many friends who were in the industry, Who and it's not absent, but I couldn't imagine being away for two to three months at a time, which I'd have to be as an, as an actor. So I just shifted gears and the tutoring picked up considerably. Well, right, because you were tutoring on the side. Basically, I was, it was a great job it's, and it was a great company. And so I was tutoring when I would be in New York and when I wasn't working. And when I was, I could pass my students off to other people, other great tutors in the company. And then once we were getting married and going to have kids, I did I think I did one more show, was down at the Caldwell Theater in Florida. And then that might have been the last one I had done. Then I sort of were slowly shifting and I, the tutoring became a more significant part of my role because then I could be working from home and I had flexibility of the, of the first schedule. So anyway... So I have a, a tutoring. I, then I we I moved and I opened the the Princeton branch of Advantage Testing, where I focus. I, I tutor students for high school, for college, grad school, mostly standardized testing, working with students with learning differences and without learning differences. And that's sort of been my passion for the last, or one of my passions for the last twenty or so years. Yeah. As far as that, that's where the financial part of what I of what I'd call my, my job is I have other things, a lot of some other things I do. So yes, he's like, he's a true Renaissance man, but the job is, is an incredible job because it does have a lot of freedom in it. And it has been a real balance for my job. And when early on, when we had young children, 
he, I would still be teaching yoga. I would do that in the morning and you would tutor in the afternoon and evening. And we, we would be able to be with the children at different times and mm-hmm. then we'd have some time for ourselves. So it worked out really well. It's, it's been lovely and you're so good at it. Yeah. And I've been able to be with the same company and, and job for over 25 years. And it's allowed us to, you know, have stability and allowed you sort of to grow your, as you were growing your business, we had the stability of mine. If, if I think if I had stayed and I still keep all my union affiliations because I, I would like to go and I still love the theater and Shakespeare and I've done some directing and want to go back and, and do more of that. So I keep that up. But for the time, it gave us some stability and flexibility. So we weren't struggling as far as financially as we were making decisions with right. what you were doing career-wise. And I think this can kind of bleed into the next question, which is, first, you're obviously very artistic. And I think when you left the acting world, for at least temporarily for this last 25, 20 years or something, you have needed to have an outlet for your creativity. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. If you are an artist, you need to always be doing something creatively. So you built me a yurt. You built other things as well. But there were a lot of questions about the yurt. Which we are. This is the this inaugural is, yes. yurt podcast. Because right. we moved from, we regained our little sauna that we have and where the podcasts were. And now this first one, we're able to be, have a little bit more space. And I literally got 10 questions about the yurt. <laughs> so um, most people were asking like, how did you learn how to do that? You know, how did you learn how to build a yurt? Yeah. So, well, you just sort of do it. I, I, I never learned learn to do it. And we used... Wait, let me interrupt the, for a second. Mark can do anything. And I'm not kidding. He's so... Like, if the kids need something hemmed or sewed <laughs> or made, they don't come to me. I don't know. He knows how to do it by hand with the sewing machine. He made the kids, like, toys when they were little. He is very creative. He can fix anything. I think that's... You're such a genius in so many ways. And... You know, sometimes we talk about like street smarts versus book smarts, and you have both, which is like an embarrassment of riches. But anyway, go but back to that. Also, to, came, yeah. I mean, I do give my mom a lot of yes. uh, credit for that. I grew up and I was, you know, you do your own thing. I learned to sew, of course. Shout out to whoever my home ec teacher in, in <laughs> high school <laughs> learned to do, do that. But I did that at, at home. So, yeah, I did. I just hemmed Jonah's pants yeah. the other night. Yeah. But Oh, so we there's a company that we used for our yurt, Freedom Yurt. I think it's called Freedom Yurt. Yes. Yeah, so Freedom Yurt. Some people did ask, did he build yeah. it by hand? He did not so, build it by hand. It came pre-made, but it came in boxes. Like he, so he did build it, was it like, because so yeah, thousands of pounds of uh, we had on pallets that came from Nebraska. I think we get if you have if anyone's interested. I think we could do something. I think that I probably have some code so that you could get a. Discount, or we get it, didn't we get a discount or something? So, if you're interested, you know, get in touch with Laura. We, I must have a code somewhere. But anyway, it came in, you picked the size and it came in. We wanted like wood walls insulated so it was more sturdy. So, the panels, everything was there. And then I sort of, this was more putting it together, all the parts, which took quite a while and leveling the ground and, and doing everything. I pretty much did everything except the electrical. And then we had someone install the flooring just because the 16-sided shape is is hard to install. But then, you know, building the sound panels and sewing that and putting up the lighting and, you know, making it what it is. So that's what 
I enjoyed. Yeah, it was doing. about a, so, what a month long process. Yeah, probably about the planning of it, and there's probably still some some tweaks here here and there, but but yeah. So oh okay, yeah. so it was uh, yeah. So but, just yeah. so you know, it's a what twenty two by twenty two. Like well, it's not, not 22, it's, but it's 22. I always say, yeah, that. it's a 22, about 22, 22 and a half foot diameter, uh, 16 so really sided, nice, four, win- space. four windows. Mm-hmm. Um, he made, windows. He, so he built sound panels by hand because of the height of the ceilings. When we're recording, we don't want any reverb. So that really takes care of that as, as lo- along with the sound blankets and stuff. But he just, he made it a full on professional production studio. And I'm just super grateful. And that was also the idea of trying to reclaim, reuse. So I took the the wood that were the, the pallets that were where everything came on and I made the frames for the sound panels. And then I used the extra insulation because I insulated the floor so it would be a four season yurt. And I used, there was some extra insulation. So I, I just used the, the extra insulation and I put, that in in the frame of the panels, and then I covered it in burlap, so it would look so it would sort of fade into the the ceiling a bit. So yeah. he's amazing. This is yeah. a wonderful gift. It was part of my birthday present, but he would have done it anyway. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed tried doing it because again, it's if you're creative, like that doesn't go away. If it, I just have to find whether it's editing, like. DVDs of the kids and doing videos and of growing up or music, playing instruments and stuff. It just goes somewhere else, and which is fine for me to to not have the stress of needing to act for to put food on the table and it just be use my creativity just purely for the joy of it. It's almost purer that way, I think. And uh, so it's just finding the ways and the time to be able to 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 do that. He could also be an architect. He could also be an architect because that creativity, he's both mathematical and creative. So in he's built, when I say he's built, I contributed minimally. We built our existing house, which is 11 years old. It's eco-friendly. It was really, 11 years ago doesn't seem that long ago, but it was pretty novel to build an eco-friendly, sustainable home. So we built that. He was heavily involved in every aspect of that. We had to go to places that were not nearby to find all the materials we were looking for. He really wanted to use it as a school group, as a model, and and for years you gave eco tours. Yeah, right. And so I'll have you speak about the our house for a moment. But he's also been involved in building two studios for me. All that was involved in that, you know. Of course, we did hire out for for things that you needed code for, but he could pretty much do everything else. He built the yurt and then we're building, his family has a home in the Berkshires and we just totally redid it. And <laughs> and he did all, he did all of that again. So he's, he's constantly applying his, his creativity and his organization skills and his leadership and everything to that. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk briefly about what our eco, because we've gotten questions about our eco, home. What are, what are kind of the big bullet points that we have in, in our eco-friendly home? Okay. So all the wood is FSC certified. It's passive solar. So it's facing in a direction where you could minimize the amount of lights and electricity that you need because we're taking advantage of the sun for light and heat and, and how that's, so it's not really, most homes 
are built to be perpendicular or parallel to the street. And so, which isn't necessarily facing where the sun is, where you're going to optimize for that. So we have geothermal pumps for electricity. We and it's sometimes it's it's finding be as locally sourced as possible. So there's there's lots. It's not black and white. So it's making decisions on every little choice that you have about where are windows coming from. Are we gonna you know is it better to have something that's that we don't need as much fossil fuel to get to transport them or to, so so I know that was what we used for our windows at the time. We have and then a we solar even, hot water solar hot water heater. solar. Yes, yeah, solar panels. Yes, we solar have panels for um, the wood burning stove. In the winter, we use mm-hmm. a lot as a great heat source. Reclaim barnwood floors. All of our counter surfaces are some kind of eco material, and they're different ones. So that again, so that I could show different ways, the different products. So as people come in, we also used a decent amount of fly ash, more than because Portland cement is one of the biggest contributors for greenhouse gases. So you could add fly ash into the content up to a certain amount, depending certain percent, depending on where it is in the home, if it's in the, the floor and, and walls, because obviously you don't want that coming into the, the house, but there are certain places where it stays inert uh, and you're getting that out of the atmosphere. And then even in the stucco that we used for the walls and the paint that was at the time, no VOC, like all the companies didn't have it. We had to get a special, it was called Mythic Paint was one of the companies that was doing no VOC. And now you could really get zero VOC paint. So um, what a difference. You can, when you walk into a room yeah, that VOC has- VOC is volatile organic compounds. And, and that's- It sort smells. Of you could, what you like smell, you smell what, like new paint and those fumes that, that come off for, uh, for years. So- it's just uh, health, mm-hmm. looking for the health of, of the home and for the people in it. Yeah. And the planet. And the planet. So moving on to Becerra D asks, what is your practice routine and do you both work out together? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We walk together. We walk together, yeah. but she's sound asleep during my practice routine. So basically I am up sometime between... Four and five thirty in the morning. Naturally, yeah. I've never, I haven't had an alarm in years. So my routine is, I get up at between four and five thirty. I'll usually read in bed for a little bit on my Kindle, so I don't wake up Laura. Then I have a meditation, um, twenty minutes of meditating, and we have like Laura's walk-in closet. It's like every, I guess every place is dark right now, but that that keeps Mo. Me, Mo doesn't disturb me. Mo, our cat doesn't disturb <laughs> me. So I, I shut the sliding door and they do 20 minutes of that. Then I go down and do my Peloton for about a half hour. So if any of you are Peloton users, I am vegan daddy. And I work out typically sometime between five and 6.30. I'll do a 20 to 30 minute class. And let me just brag about him for a minute. Okay, he just turned 50. But even when he was in the upper 40s, he is like in the top 1%. And these are like 3,000 riders. He's crazy, 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 crazy talented. I just like to push myself. So, I know, but still. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's but like, I, and I go with the hashtag lit. Is it lit yoga? So look for that look if you're a Peloton lit yoga person. Or join, add the hashtag lit yoga. Friend me for, for vegan daddy. But I'm, I'm on uh, East Coast time, usually between five and and 6.30 sometime in that, I'll, I'll go on for a half hour. And then that's usually about five days a week. And then I have my weight workout. We have a weight room down in the basement. So I do that. And then I'll sometimes also run. On the weekends, I tend to run 
when I'm not doing my Peloton. Uh, so our Wednesdays or weekends are up and run days. And then we do our walks in the afternoon. But that's all. So I, I like to get all that done before when it's quiet because I'm, my brain is also quiet. I'm not thinking of all the other stuff I need to do. If I could work out in, later in the afternoon, I'm too antsy about all the other stuff that has to go on. So I do that. And then it's, it's nice because then I could do that. I come up, I make coffee for Laura, and then I can wake her up and I'm all, all done. Artful Movement asked tips on how to get hubby to make me coffee every morning. <laughs> Maybe you can talk about that for a second since you just mentioned that. It benefits everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it just started on, on our trip and I like, I like it. I, I mean... We went on know, a bike trip very early on in our... Right, right. Very after early I, on. Yeah, right after I came back from, from California, certainly after we biked across the country. But And it was very clear that I am a morning person and Laura isn't as much of a morning person. No. So anything that... I, if I had coffee in the morning, I would be... I have been jittery because well, I, I have that energy. He wakes up litter, and there's there's some few beautiful people like him, uh, but I don't know that many. Just jump out of bed, doesn't need coffee, doesn't need an alarm, just pops out of bed. And I am not like that. I am a slow riser. Everybody thinks I have a lot of energy. Once I get going, I'm good. But I am slow in the morning, and we just figure it out. And this is part of being a good partner is he didn't try and change me. He asked me one question on the bike trip. I think I gave him the, it could have been, the, it could have been our breakup because we had it. We were just again, freshly together. And he said, do you think it's a problem? You need coffee every morning. And I just looked at him and I said, it would be a problem if I, for you, if I didn't have it. Yeah. And you know that instead of like berating me or anything, he just said, okay, well, I'm up earlier than you, so I'll make it and bring it to you. Well, and, and back that's then, how it was, it started. You know, I had to make the fire and, and do it in, yeah. a, camp, in a campground. Yeah. So this is not our bike so trip. easy. Yeah. Right. I also, early on in my career, I made the decision not to drink coffee, mainly because a lot of actors, we need it. We work weird hours as uh, as actors. I'm you know, going on for my job at 8 p.m. at night, and I just didn't want to be dependent on something to affect my energy level. I wanted to find other ways. So, because I didn't want, well, what if I couldn't have it at, at some point? So anyway, I, I purposely, now I occasionally will have it midday if I need, if I need, if I'm about to start. Because you get up so tutoring. early. Yeah. yeah, I'm up. So by two in the afternoon, I sometimes hit a low. And that's sometimes when I'm going to be going into the hard part of my tutoring day. So, but yeah, so, you right. know, so I, it's, you, we, so you, get, we yeah. give, it's a give and take. That's That feels to me an easy way. It's, you know, it's a way, I think it's a, it's a nonverbal way to say, I love you in the morning and nothing wrong with saying, say using the verbal, using the words, but it's just a way I, I tend to like to show my love through action. And that's one action I can take every morning to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know it, I know it, it, it's meaningful. So it's a beautiful way to greet the day. He brings me coffee, yeah. tells me he loves me. I say, thank you. And then he leaves me to drink the coffee. And so I can kind of wake <laughs> I go up back slowly. To yeah. And I think, you know, this is, this is, again, being part of a good partnership is giving allowance to your partner to be who they are and not trying to change them. You know, that can, that never really works, whether it's a habit like drinking coffee or... I mean, trying to change someone doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. So it's, it's like he's recognizing my needs and meeting them and I'm, I'm recognizing his and hopefully meeting them. And another part of that, getting back to your routine, your workout routine, um, this person asked how to convince your partner to do a daily workout. And I think, you know, one is that you're going to be better for each other and you're going to be 
you're taking care of yourself, but you're also, by taking care of yourself, you're, you're probably a better person. That's always what I say is like, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to come to a partnership your best. Is that what yeah, you would say? Yeah, I, I guess I, I don't think you can convince, I don't think you can convince someone, someone else. I think that's sort of, you can convince from, through example. I mean, part of the way Laura might convince me, although I'm, I typically want to be in good shape anyway, but I also want to be, you know, if you're with your partner and you're wanting to be, have a long term and see a life together, if your partner's in great shape and, you know, I don't want to be sort of slugging along and not be able to do the things with my, with Laura, because a lot of things we like to do are physical. But I also, like, I've hurt my, I'm a lot tighter. Obviously, I'm a lot tighter than, than Laura. And, you know, we just had, brother-in-law John came and was sort of working on me a little bit because I, I my shoulders, I'm an impingement. And I basically just said, you know, I want to, my number one goal is really just to be flexible to the point where I can have many years of being able to continue to do the things that, that we love together. So, you know, that's where all the stretching and things that I, I need to sort of add more of is, is more just thinking about our future together, but it's not coming. It's got to come. I, I just feel that action speaks louder than uh, than words. So if you want your partner to be exercising and doing that for his his or her health, just showing that and and doing some and sometimes doing things together because yeah. I, I think and that's, it could be like going for a walk. I think sometimes you have to meet people where they are, and if they're not like really into working out, quote unquote. Make it more about that it's a, an experience, like walking in the woods or hiking, where it's not necessarily going to be exhausting, but you're it's still moving. And, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a shared. So if it's someone who doesn't want to do that, then it's really the working out is really just more about longevity and being staying healthy for for your lives. Right. So, so you have a good quality yeah. of life together. Yeah, you're not going to get old and crotchety. <laughs> So Stamoda Movement asks, one thing about your guy that has influenced you and made you a better person and vice versa. Hmm. I want to hear this. Okay. Well, so I'll go and then you go. <laughs> um, one, I, there's really, it's hard to say one thing. There's so many things. One, th he is generous beyond like, beyond anyone I know. Generous with his time, generous with his energy, generous with his love. He is generous. And that generosity is is such a gift, and it's made me a better person because I've been the recipient of it, and it's also made me become more generous with my time and energy. I really believe he's shown that you can't overwhelm anybody with your love. It's it's just there's just infinite amount to give and to receive, and he's you've never I should say you, but Mark has never. He's never been stingy with any of that. And I'm not saying other partners do, but it's like he holds the bar so high for that. It's What else has he taught me? Well, he's taught me about loyalty and priorities for sure, because I came from a wonderful family. I had, there were priorities there, but he has a next level in terms of family, <laughs> putting family first. And that's just, I think that, a lot of people talk that, a lot of males talk it, but don't necessarily follow up and, and actually live it. And he does. So that's that's one of many things, but his absolute 
zest for life and love and willingness to be all in and showing it and each and every day is 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 just so admirable and I'm just so lucky to have it. Thank you. I really don't have anything. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so what is something... You're pretty perfect. No, no, no. Uh, uh, so... One thing about me that yeah. has influenced you to make you a better person. There's, I'm definitely uh, feel like I've grown a lot. And I, I mean, your compassion... Well, the most obvious thing is I didn't even know what a vegetarian was before we started dating. I didn't know anything about that world. So the that sort of opened up a lot as far as compassion and that journey of being just reflective about those, our place in the world and how we relate to other beings and the environment. I mean, this journey that we've been on, I don't think, and then I became, I went to the Institute for Humane Education for, did a grad program, but that all came and our involvement with Farm Sanctuary, none of that would have happened without your sort of opening the door of my brain to that idea and also learning to do it in, I think I've learned the a number of people you've influenced just in your actions without actually badgering people to preaching. make change, preaching or badgering, whatever, that just in being how powerful that is. And I think I was one of the early people that, that, that you influenced because even though we became vegan together, just the vegetarianism, and I, I definitely took that on my own. And I think you gave me space. When we went on our bike trip, I just said, I, I didn't want to eat. I want to respect your, your choices since we were going to be together for three months or so, uh, 24 hours a day. And I was going to try and the way you did, but you made that easy for me because you you didn't I didn't feel less than because I hadn't been been that way. And I think you just naturally are that way with people. And so that's probably the biggest that compassion and the and passion compassion and passion that, that that you have for the things that you believe in. So yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And I think, yeah, we could have a whole probably, I don't know four-part series on being vegan and being couple. But I will say that, you know, that also makes it easy as a partnership that whatever we believe in, we really subscribe to. And there isn't anything we really do that we have different views on in, in those kind of moral, you know, foundations. And it doesn't mean that you can't be vegan and your partner not be vegan, that there are plenty of people that, you know, that, have that, but it does make it so much easier that we just have that baseline of respect and, and we have different religious uh, faiths that we grew up in. Mark grew up Jewish. I grew up Christian. We celebrate both. We make space in our kind of practices and traditions for both without, you know, that that was seemingly going to be an issue based on what people had told us, but it's never been an issue. It's just because we just honor our roots and honor where we are now that we're making kind of it. It's critical thinking, just making room and space and compassion for it all. I think that if you have the same, or if you find someone, if you're not with someone now and you find someone, or if you are with someone, just checking to make sure you have similar... Laura's a lot more extroverted than I am. And that's fine. That Those kind of differences, and it's a pretty 
profound difference that we have in our comfort around like big groups and stuff. But we do have the same, some of the same, you find some things that you both enjoy together and you have the same ethics and values. And that can lead to make different decisions. But if you have this, if you have similar values and, and are both open to communicating and then probably the one of the biggest triggers for most couples that we sort of, that your values uh, of what you believe in, but also your values of what you think, where you should put your money. I think that's one of the biggest, biggest triggers for people. Yeah, they have it's one of the values. top we, three financial, right. like financial is one of the top three stresses for yeah. couples. So I think we, and we have that. We both have, the, have very, we put our, our money into experiences over uh, material items and we have the same values on what we think is important and causes that really are passionate about. And yet we have different things that we might be, I think it's also important. We have different hobbies that, that really, that electrify our energies. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, this has been a wonderful conversation with you. We should do this more often. <laughs> Definitely. It's been two years, right? Was it, was uh, it, was we it my, did an- my retreat or did we? No, we did the- another one about we- grief. When we talked about oh, your okay. experience with losing David and mine with my dad. And, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. So that, that's, okay. check that out. I, I wish I will hopefully in the show notes be able to put what episode that was where, because I really learned how to grieve well, I think if there's, I think that is a term, grieving well, because of you. And well, you know, I, I'd lost my brother, for those who hadn't known, I, my brother died when I was 16. So I've sort of, that, that's sort of, that's definitely guided probably who I am that's, you know, yeah. since then. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I love you. I love you too. And for everybody out there, the first thing I would say is, because I, I'm sure I have a lot of women and maybe you can say it for the men, but <laughs> women really, really, whether it's a female partner or a male partner, hold the bar high, you know, like don't accept little things that you like down the road could be really become very acidic to the relationship. and. I think that's one thing that I knew early on that Mark had the qualities that I wanted in someone. He had the integrity. He put me first, or at least, you know, up there and and acted on that. And I, I don't think that's too much to ask of someone. And I think you have to really hold the bar high to have a good partner and to be a good partner. And and having a good partner will inevitably make you a better partner. I, I think that goes without saying. If you don't have a great partner, you're probably either going to overcompensate and be resentful, or you're going to not be a good partner in, in return or as, as best as you could be. And there are going to be ups and downs, and that's just natural with anyone that you love and you live with. But you, So you want that super solid foundation of a good partnership. And it comes from communication. So yes, I'll say that to the guys too. We we, we sometimes can't be as, are not known as being as open with the communication, but that really vulnerable. is the men vulnerable. Are, men are not necessarily taught that, and that's too right. bad because it makes all it's the a difference. Beautiful quality. It's a beautiful quality. Yes. So yep. communicate, ask for what you want, hold the bar high, and love big. Don't hold back. Don't play games. Just be all in. Get lit. Get lit. <laughs> okay. Love you, sweetheart, love and. You too. Uh, Love to all of you. As always, I'm pulling for you.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 